This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. But welcome to everybody in the stream. Welcome to everybody listening on the podcast. Let's get after it. It's hump day, Wednesday afternoon. We've got game two of the cup final tonight and lots to get to on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson with you, along with Michael Remus back at the WST headquarters. And really looking forward to the show. We'll get ready for game two of the cup final tonight with our pal Dave McCarthy, who I understand is going to be joining us outside. Uh, hopefully it'll be in his backyard. Hopefully he'll have the staff and hopefully he'll have some takes for uh, the game tonight, as well as, of course, the NHL award winners. The big awards were given out last night. We'll touch on that as well. Um, and we're going to talk some hoops, folks. Not sure if you caught it last night. I certainly did. Huge game for Canada taking on Greece as they look to uh, get in that last chance qualification for the Olympic Games. Big win last night. They'll play China tonight. And we're going to talk about Canada's team, the NBA players on that, the path, what they need to do to get to the Olympics in Japan in the summer. And there's nobody better to do that with than our friend Kirby Shep, head coach of the Bison men's basketball program and a longtime member of Team Canada's junior coaching staff. Um, You know, Kirby spent a number of summers coaching the likes of Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Andrew Wiggins, and many more. Now these guys are NBA stars and Our Olympic hopes are riding on their shoulders. So we'll get to that coming up a little bit later on. Um, And of course, hopefully you already went to our Instagram page and entered for our great giveaway with Breezy Bend and Little Brown Jug because at the end of today's program, we return the always popular marble race and uh, the winner of today's marble race from all of our entries will get that awesome round of golf at Breezy Bend with carts, a little brown jug prize package, and a few cold ones on the Breezy Bend patio after the round. Can't wait to do that. As always, we're brought to you by policyme.com, Royal Sports, Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Not Autocorp, Boston Pizza, Aikens Lake, Assiniboia Downs, Cool Bet, and Little Brown Jug and Breezy Bend, as we just mentioned. Let's get Michael Remus in here as we get going. Lots to touch on right off the top of the show. Remo, what's up? How you doing? Feeling good. I'm ready for Canada Day, ready for Canada basketball. I got my uh, my hat. Uh, we're pretty close to the Olympics coming up. So, you know, I remember before when Canada, you know, needed to win some games and it seems like international basketball may or may not always be rigged against Canada, but there's no doubt that they have more talent than they've ever had. And I'm really excited to talk to Kirby, but also we have game two of the Stanley Cup final. And of course, as we had the NHL awards last night, which were, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to describe that award show, but we had the awards. They gave them out. Connor McDavid, uh, the Hart, and the uh, Ted Lindsay, but the Oilers, uh, no playoff success still. I didn't I didn't watch a second of the awards. I saw that they were came out because, uh, to be honest, I was very geeked for this game. And I wanted to watch the Blue Jays yesterday. So um, nice to have things open again. I know a lot of people were out on patios. I prefer the air conditioning inside the sports bar with multiple TVs. So uh, I was really following both the Blue Jays and some baseball last night and, of mm. course, the hoops game. But we will get to the winners. I think for the most part, I thought they did a pretty good job with the voting. Certainly Connor McDavid being a unanimous winner, I think, made a lot of sense. Second guy ever to do it since Wayne Gretzky won 100 over 100 first place votes going to Connor McDavid. And uh, they certainly didn't get that one wrong. But we will go through those a little later on. But listen, as we get the show going... I want to shout out everybody in chat. We've got a lot of people with us uh, right out of the gates today. 
And right at the top of the list, the first comment today was Braden Fleming. And Remo, we need to give a public thank you to Braden Fleming. We have been waiting for our merch store to finally open. The reason why we hadn't launched it yet was because we wanted to get the actual samples back and, you know, make sure that, you know, it was good quality stuff that, you know, we were we were felt comfortable with getting into the hands of all our great supporters. And I got to give you a lot of credit, man. This stuff is amazing. Uh, if you look right now, look at that beauty right there. The Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie. Uh, this is, I believe, the logo hoodie. What do you have on today? You've got one of the t-shirts, Reem? I got the t-shirt. I got the small patch here on the chest. So really comfortable. Um, it's on our store on WinnipegSportsTalk.com. I pinned it. Uh, Braden was uh, the first order. I, people, a bunch of people sign up for email. I, I honestly haven't really um, advertised that this was coming. I know a lot of people had asked. Well, but, we wanted uh, to make sure the stuff was good before we started yeah. going after so, it. I mean, like, I didn't want some crappy, uh, I won't name a name brand, but, you know, just something that, you know, with these sort of things, you want people to have them. You want them to, to love them. You want them to be comfortable. You want them to be good mm-hmm. quality. And um, and listen, you did that. I haven't taken this thing off since I got it last night. So, um, awesome. listen, I know a lot of people have been asking uh, for it. We finally got it together. Now, the one thing we don't have on there right now is hats. And we've been working with uh, our friends at Royal and New Era for some really sick um, WST hats that we expect will be available sometime in July. And, of course, that will be on the store. And um, I guess the other thing, Reem, that's important to notice, I mean, people can simply go to click that. We've got the mugs that are there. There's some baby stuff, some different T-shirts, a couple of hoodies. You've got a zip-up hoodie, too, which is an interesting yeah, one. I always I- like the one with the uh, with the pockets in front. Um, you have been, uh, you've always been a bit of a zip hoodie guy. I'm a so, zip um, up. Yeah. I'm a zip up guy. I like the option to unzip to let some air in. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it still has let it breathe. Too. I like to let it breathe. Yeah. I know wear a hoodie. I'm always taking it off and on and, and zips are easy. So they're, they're pretty good. Uh, I I'm really happy with it. And if anyone, if anyone has requests for additional stuff, I, I can certainly, uh, I can certainly add that. So, um, you can contact us through the store. <laughs> Gitch. Gitch, are there any WST yeah. muscle shirts or short yeah. shorts? Um, I don't believe we've got the short shorts in yet. I can I'm, do sure a, the mus- I'm sure the we, muscle shirts can happen. We can do a muscle shirt, uh, Gitch. We'll be in touch. If anyone has some, I don't have any youth stuff right now. I can add that on. I just want to make sure it all works. Uh, Dennis says golf shirts. That's that's down the line. We can't uh, we can't let it all out uh, right away. But uh, <laughs> Larry Bond, can I get a policy me golf shirt? I, we don't have policy me golf shirts in the store right now. They might be able to help you with that. Uh, but honestly, yeah. I think policy me is a better group of people to help you uh, with an affordable, easy online life insurance policy as opposed to a golf shirt. But uh, um, anyways, you know what? We just tried to make it competitive. I mean, this is something that. And I don't think it's going to be a huge money maker for us, but the bottom line is we, you know, feel the support from everybody. We've had so many requests for this sort of stuff. So um, the more we can get out there and just uh, have that logo going on. And, and you know, by the way, I, I don't know if I've done this enough on the program, mm-hmm. um, but I, I have to, I want to give a special public thank you to our friend uh, Donovan Robinson over at Vantage Studios. Like now that I see this hoodie, uh, we always see the logo. They did such an amazing job with this logo. Um, I get fired up every time I see it. We were so excited when we saw all these samples come in yesterday before we went live. And uh, I just, you know, we sort of got that done before the show started and we launched it. But uh, Donovan and his team over Advantage did such a great job with this. And uh, 
we're very proud and very happy to have this available for you. So everyone that has wanted to uh, help us fly the flag of Winnipeg Sports Talk as we sort of grow and get established, the store is live right now. We'll continue to grow it. And as I mentioned, if you are waiting for hats, hang tight. We'll have those available, uh, well, into July, which, of course, uh, I guess July is tomorrow. So hopefully at some point in the next few weeks, uh, that will also be live. But um, great response so far. And as we mentioned, shout out to Braden, who got an an I, uh, an order in right away. And, uh, of course, Roger Quinnell, I think, Remus, you said, also put an yeah. order in. So uh, there's a few people waiting for those emails. They got them and they went, they went right at it. But if you're just hearing about it now uh, on our website, on the link through um, pretty much all of our social medias, you can get right to it. And yeah. uh, I will I will stump for the logo hoodie. Um, it, it, this is uh, I love it. The, the T-shirts are um, a really nice, soft uh, cotton mix. So I think you'll be real happy with the whatever it is. And uh, Rima says some with the smaller logos. I got a shirt and the and the obviously the hoodie with the bigger logo in the middle. But whatever you prefer, it's all there for you at uh, at the new Winnipeg Sports Talk store. And uh, you're not only the CTO, but now I guess the CMO, the chief merchandise officer of the uh, of the operation. Reem. Yeah, yeah. I think I've been working for like at least a month. I'm putting that together. And now that it's out, uh, we have orders in. It's really cool. Um, that people are fired up uh, for this because again, I've working working on we've been working on this for a long time. So, and if there is something you want, I see people wanting tank tops. That was one thing I didn't consider. We can uh, make sure those those become available. And um, yeah, that's it's great to see the support here from everyone uh, in chat. And Rob Mahoney says, "Looks nice. I wish I wore clothes." <laughs> well you know what you could always yeah. even if you are a nudist you know you could i mean does a hat can you be nude with a hat and we'll have those in a couple of weeks for you rob if you want to uh, if you want to get it going yeah. um so anyways well uh, should we not have mics that match the logo schickster i don't know maybe we'll do that at some point these uh you know you know what they say you got to move the big rocks first before some of the small rocks so we're focusing on getting the show yeah. on growing it right now and uh but I will say this, this mic, despite a few incidents early on, has been, now watch this screw up today, it has been quite reliable so far for the last yeah, you had, while. You had the cord, and I know people were bitching at me at the beginning of the show that the volume on the live on the live portion was, you know, maybe one person was louder than the other. I've learned how to do audio filters, so I don't have to worry about that. So, And it's blocking out all that excess sound, so when you have uh, maybe an alarm going off and you're your house uh it won't come through the microphone uh yes indeed i think we're in a good spot right now anyways welcome to everybody that's with us live on youtube mm-hmm. as well as uh thanks to everyone by the way if you're with youtube hit us the give us the thumbs up if you don't mind hit that like button and for everyone listening on the podcast it's always helpful if you can drop down into your podcast and just give us a five-star rating and uh, write a little review that you're enjoying the show really appreciate it and it helps us grow the channel um all right, Reem, like, let's get right to it. You know, I tell you what, let's save the hockey for just a second. Yeah. Um, I mentioned Kirby Shep coming on a little bit later on. Um, Canada, you know, Canada was 14 and a half point favorites in that game last night against Greece. And this tournament's being taken place in Victoria, home court, six teams. I believe the Czechs and Uruguay are on the other side. Um, Winnip- uh, Winnipeg, Canada is in a pool with Greece and China. Um, and the top two teams from each three-team pool move on to the semifinals and then the finals to move on. So, you know, if they had lost the game yesterday, they could have still qualified into second place, presumably with the win over its Chinese tonight. But 
the fact that this team had not played, they didn't have any friendlies beforehand like many of the other co- countries did. They basically got this group of, you know, NBA, mostly NBA players together under Nick Nurse, practiced a little bit, and then, you know, went out and played the game. So, I mean, they were heavy favorites over Greece. Greece, of course, did not have Giannis Antetokounmpo. And Giannis, unfortunately, was in the Eastern Conference Finals and was injured last night, and they lost that game. But we'll touch on that a little later on. I mean, the Greeks have a great lead. They've got a hell of a coach in Rick Pitino. Um, and it was quite close through the first half. Canada did extend the lead in the second half, getting it to double digits, but the Greeks didn't go away. Canada ends up winning by six, a nice first game for the club. And, you know, it was interesting, Remo, to see Andrew Wiggins back in a Canadian uniform for the first time since 2016. Uh, we saw mainstay Corey Joseph back out there. Of course, Jamal Murray is injured. But a couple of the young stars, R.J. Barrett of the Knicks, Nikhil Alexander-Walker as well getting into it. And Alexander-Walker really was the offensive cog early on before Wiggins and R.J. Barrett heated up in the second half to get Canada that win. Yeah, I, gotta be honest, I wasn't able to pay uh, you know too much attention to the game last night. I did see they win. I was uh, I waited in line with the, pan- the pandemic special, 30 minutes in line at Costco. But uh, I, I, no, man, no, no regrets, no, no regrets on my end. Uh, totally worth it. But I, we've been following this Canada team trying to get to the Olympics for so long. I think they've had issues with maybe some of their top players, you know, not playing, as you mentioned, Andrew Wiggins in live, RJ Barrett emerging. Uh, Lou Dort, I don't think you mentioned as well. Yeah, I mean, Lou Dort so had a big part. And Powell, this yeah. Powell guy from the Mavericks. I had to look yeah. him up because I'll be honest, I didn't watch a lot of Mavs games. I saw a lot of Luka Doncic highlights on SportsCenter, mm-hmm. but you know, I wasn't watching game teams, so I wasn't as much familiar with Powell. And he, I guess, was a, a second-round pick back in 2014, 45th overall. And a lot of those players, they might make it, they might not. Um, but he's got a he's got a pretty nice contract with the uh, with the team and. You know, has had a, uh, you know, I mean, geez, he was averaging last year 16 minutes, six points, four rebounds. So, I mean, uh, a depth player, I guess, for the Dallas Mavericks, but, you know, was really effective on the glass last night. And um, anyways, listen, we know how disappointing that loss, I believe it was to Venezuela earlier when they were looking to qualify for the for the playoffs. But uh, for right. the for the Olympics, they didn't get they didn't get it done. It fix was in. <laughs> <laughs> the was in. Yeah, right. Um, but now they've got an opportunity to get it done. And as I mentioned, Kirby Shep, a, a great friend of the program, longtime coach within Canada's national team, uh, both on the on the junior side with so many of those young players. They're all good to go. Uh, they'll play China tonight. So we'll tee that up a little bit later on. And of course, Remus will also get to a lot of uh, hockey talk game two tonight. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. touch on that as well as and the award winners with uh, with our guy Dave McCarthy coming up in just a couple yeah. of, of minutes. There was one, um, you know, off the ice hockey story from today. I know a lot of people are, you know, were mentioning in chat earlier, and this is a story has, but you know, we'll let Dave get into the Cup final. But I think we can. This is kind of local ties. Um, you know, we've all been wondering what's going on with Jonathan Taves this season. You know, we hadn't really heard a peep, and people were asking me, and I, I remember we asked Dreger when he was on, and he said, "I'm, you know, I haven't looked into it." Um, it's a personal thing. So he came out today with a video on Twitter and says that he has chronic immune response syndrome. I don't know. I don't know too much about that. I think he just wasn't playing, able to play. But it seems like he will be back on the field um, on the field ne- uh, next season. So um, that was some positive news. 
come out of the yeah, Blackhawks. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know what? Listen, I mean, I can tell you personally, a week has not gone by without having someone ask me about Jonathan Tabes or as time went on, firing some crazy either conspiracy theory or something they heard from their uncle or whatever about his status. And this is a, you know, personal, obviously hearing from Taves today on the uh, video that he put out on his personal account, it's been a really rough year for him. But the bottom line is it's great to see that um, it looks like he'll be uh, back on the ice as a member of the Hawks next year. Now in the background of this, of course, is the entire Chicago Blackhawks story, which has been dominating headlines as of late. And I know some people, that said this was some sort of PR for the team to get out there. I mean, I'll, I'll, I won't even dive into that. I'll just say this is Jonathan Taves' announcement from his personal account. Let's focus on the person here. And uh, great news that Taves is going to be back. All right, we're going to get to all of that coming up with our guy Dave McCarthy from NHL.com and Sirius XM NHL Radio. Before we do that, though, uh, if you haven't already heard, uh, we've been working with our great friends at policyme.com for the past month to let you know about a simple, easy, and affordable online service to take care of your life insurance needs that you maybe have been putting off. We know that it's not very, not a sexy purchase. It's not something that people get excited to do. But if you have a family, loved ones that rely on you, investments that, you know, you're paying for going into the future, these are things that, you know, need to be taken care of if something unfortunately happens to you. And that's where Policy Me comes in. Um, you know, no awkward meetings with people you don't know, no long term, you know, it's not a long process. It's really simple. You go to policyme.com, uh, you spend about 15 minutes answering some simple questions. First of all, they'll tell you whether you even need life insurance to begin with. And about 24% of people that respond, they say, you know, you don't need it right now. But if you do, They'll provide you with some of the best rates in Canada, generally 10 to 20% lower than other insurers in the country. You'll get an instant decision instead of waiting weeks with most other companies. And most people don't require a medical exam. And the bottom line is it could not be easier and simpler. What traditionally took weeks and involved confusing paperwork and insurance jargon is now done in around 15 minutes through an easy-to-understand application. So don't wait any longer. Take care of your family and the future right now with PolicyMe.com, the easiest way you can do it on the internet, all 100% online, PolicyMe.com. And if you uh, they ask you where you heard about them, make sure you say podcast uh, and specify Winnipeg Sports Talk if you hear it. Um, big shout-out to Royal Sports. Had a number of people tweet me after the big England win yesterday and the Ukraine win. Where can we get our Euro 2020 merch? Well, the place to do that and so much more is Royal Sports at 750 uh, Pemina Highway at 650 Rally in EK. Uh, I've been in the Pemina store uh, uh, quite a few times lately, and the soccer department is absolutely massive. I mean, they'll get you ready for the season, all sorts of cleats, balls, everything you need. But my God, the merchandise is out of this world. All the great jerseys from this Euro tournament, including those teams that I mentioned, as well as the stars of soccer from their club teams around the world. And while you're there, check out their amazing bike section. Might want to pick up some discs to disc golf. They've got a great expanded camping section as well new fitness section tons of shoes gear and of course all those great clothes on the king skate snow and surf section so pop by royal sports they'll set you up for the euro as well as summer at 750 pembina highway and a big shout out to our friend nick and nikki from the nick and nikki dq group dq niverville dq northgate 
DQ Polo Park and DQ St. Anne's, great supporters of us from day number one. And now with this heat going on right now and the ability to gather together, nothing will make that gathering better than one of those delicious DQ cakes from Nick and Nicky DQ. And you can order them or get your, your order set up simply by hitting them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba or popping by any of the four Dick and Nicky DQ locations. And while you're there, try the drumstick or the Kit Kat Blizzard. You will not be sorry. All right, let's get to some hockey talk. And welcome in outdoors today in his beautiful, luxurious Toronto area backyard. I'm not sure if he's got the staff or not. I hope he does. It's Dave McCarthy of NHL.com. What's going on, dude? How are you? Oh, good to be on, Hus. No, I don't have the staff with the uh, right. Of course, we're going to get to game two of the cup final. We're also going to get to the uh, the big winners last night. And as I mentioned, Connor McDavid, um, the unanimous winner of the Hart Trophy as the NHL's MVP. Um, listen, there were some fantastic, fantastic seasons by some other players. But what Connor McDavid this year was truly special. I wasn't sure whether he'd get all 100 votes, though. Um, so the fact that he did, I think, speaks to just how good he has been uh, this season, albeit in 56 games, putting up triple digits and points despite what happened to them at the hands of the Winnipeg Jets in the playoffs. Um, Kirill Kaprasov was the Calder Trophy winner. That wasn't really a surprise. To me, the two most interesting battles were the Vesna Trophy and the Norris Trophy. Uh, which we'll certainly get to coming up. But Adam Fox was the winner of the Norris Trophy. And, you know, he is just, uh, he had, you know, an absolutely incredible year. Um, but like so many kind of focused on the division that your team was in, did not see a lot of New York Rangers games, but certainly did see the numbers. He was right there. And then, of course, Victor Hedman is always in the mix when it comes to it. Uh, and then Kale McCarr from the Avalanche was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, three really, really great numbers, but I think the name value of Hedman certainly would have been the most likely winner, I think, based on what he'd done in the past, and of course, Kale McCarr with that high-powered Avalanche series. Dave, we got you back. Um, I think this should be a little bit better. Uh, let's get right, you know, let's get to the, let's get to the awards. Um, okay. Connor McDavid, 100 out of 100, a unanimous winner of the Hart Trophy. I think it was appropriate. Were you surprised, though, that he got every single vote? Who uh, who was second in your mind between Austin Matthews and uh, and Nathan McKinnon? I mean, you can make a great argument for both of those guys that in a normal uh, year, probably both of them would have been certainly able to raise that trophy. Yeah, um, I didn't have a vote, but if I did, it would have been Austin Matthews uh, that got my second place vote. I would have voted McDavid first, uh, and Matthews would have got my second place vote, just because it's the most difficult thing to do in the game is, is to shoot the puck in the net. Like, only a few guys uh, can do it to the level that Matthews can, and, and this year nobody was able to score at that pace. So uh, he would have been my number two pick because at the end of the day, the object of the game is to shoot it in the net. And Matthews did it more proficiently than anybody in the game. Uh, but even that being said, what McDavid was able to do uh, to me superseded Matthews accomplishment in terms of how often he was able to score. Dave, what does it say about where we're at and what it takes to win the Stanley cup that all three of these finalists, incredible players, star players for their teams, uh, well, two of them were bounced out in the first round and uh, one in the second round. Well, and if, if you want to extrapolate that, that evening in scoring, uh, live in final four, Mark, so now that the Knights are out, the highest player uh, to, uh, scoring-wise 
Hurts during the regular season is still alive in the finals is is uh, is Braden Point, who was 34th in regular season scoring. Now, that may have been skewed a little bit because if Nikita Kucherov had to play the whole regular season, uh, he probably would have been in the mix um, at, at some point. But I think it just goes to show you that at the end of the day, hockey really is the consummate team game. And you need more than just talent in order to win. You need talent, and both teams uh, have degrees of that. Obviously, Tampa Bay with, with Kucherov and Point and, and with Stamkos and Hedman and obviously with Vasilevsky between the pipes and Montreal with what the young kids have been able to do. Caulfield, Suzuki, Kodkanemi's chipped in. Price, the D, um, has been exceptional. But, but you need more than just talent. Um, and you can't just win on talent alone. And both of these teams have shown and ability to be able to to lock it down defensively and grind games out. And and year in, year out, we seem to go through this debate as to exactly how important that element of the game is. And then come this time of year, when you're into the Final Four and you're into the Cup Final, the debate gets put to rest. At least it does in my mind. You need a variety of different elements, uh, not just the elite high-octane talent in both these teams, Montreal and, and Tampa, certainly. Uh, they have elements of all those different ingredients that I think are critical in order to go on a long run and then ultimately win the Stanley Cup. No, no, it's a great point. And, you know, that, yeah, the fact that point is the highest scorer at 34th in the league does speak to it. And, you know, even if you go back to, round three, like the final four, you know, the Islanders and Vegas are both out. I mean, top to bottom, one to 12, two of the deepest teams in the league. And, you know, Montreal, we'll get to the the cup final in a minute, but Montreal, what they've done without some of that perceived super high end talent up front, um, I think has some people, you know, maybe changing their opinions on the best way to build a playoff ready team once we get to the off season. But let's get back to the awards for a minute. Yeah. To me, Dave, the, the Norris was fascinating this year in that Victor Hedman, no surprise, top defenseman on the NHL's top team. He was going to be there. Kale McCarr has been an absolute phenom since he joined the league. But I'll tell you what, if you didn't see a lot of the New York Rangers this year, I don't think Adam Fox was a household name. And to see his name up winning the Norris, I think, was maybe a surprise to people that hadn't watched the New York Rangers play this season. Fill us in on Adam Fox and how he won this award. Well, Adam Fox is a really good player. Um, he, he's a guy that can drive play. He's a guy that can produce offensively. But I think more importantly, he showed, and I think it's critical, if you're going to win the Norse, you have to be uh, somewhat proficient in your own end. I think greater than somewhat. You have to be quite proficient in your own end. Uh, and Adam Fox was that. I think he, he showed himself um, this year as a guy that is capable of being a top pairing defenseman in this league and a very, very good top pairing defenseman in this league. And then was able to combine that with the offensive ability that uh, I think put him in the, uh, the consciousness of a lot of voters and helped him turn what was a breakout season, a breakthrough season into a Norris Trophy caliber season. I, I was a tough one to vote on because I think three real deserving candidates. I had I had a vote, uh, I would have gone with uh, Victor Hedman um, as my top pick, I probably would have gone with Fox as my second, um, and McCarr as my third. But I think there's certainly a logical argument to be made for for people who put Fox uh, tops on their ballot. Um, and I think it's it's encouraging to see for the New York Rangers um, how they've got this type of a guy on hand now, um, alongside a guy like Jacob Truba. That's a pretty good, solid. 
uh, top pairing um, moving forward, or at least a, a couple of top defensemen to build around moving forward with a team that I think is really on the upswing in, in New York with a lot of young talent that I think is really close and on the verge of putting it together and, and a team that's going to be capable of going on a run of their own in the very near future. The funny thing about Truba is that, Dave, I think when they traded for him and gave him the $8 million a year contract, they thought it'd be Jacob Truba that would be up for this award and not Adam Fox. I mean, you know, and Fox has had, maybe for our listeners, Fox has had a very strange path to get to New York going through two organizations before he finally played in the NHL. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. And, and very rarely um, when that, that is something that is the case, uh, does a guy turn out to have this much success so quickly? I find young guys, when they, when they try and pick their, uh, their locations to an extent, which is kind of what Fox did, um, you, know, you can think of guys like Justin Scholes, you can think of guys like Jimmy VC, where they try and control their landing spot. It doesn't always work out all that well, but credit to Fox. Uh, he, he, he wanted to go where he wanted to go. He grew up in a, a New York Rangers fan. Molly Walker, the New York Post, put together a tremendous piece on, on Fox and, and how he um, grew up as a Rangers fan, how it was his dream to, to ultimately one day play for the Rangers. They're a great piece. I encourage everybody to read. It's on her Twitter account. I retweeted it. Uh, but it really goes to show you what, what Fox was all about, uh, how much it meant to him to ultimately become uh, a New York Ranger. And now that he got the opportunity, man, did he ever make good on it. And I, I'm with you. I think they, they looked at Jacob Truba as the guy that was probably going to be the guy that they would expect if they could have picked anybody out of their defense corps that might be up for a Norris one day. Logically, that would have been the guy um, to pick. But now that they've got a guy in Adam Fox who's actually gone won the Norris with a guy like Truba, who is still a darn good defenseman. Well, now you got a guy that's kind of come out of nowhere, and suddenly uh, your defense core is just that much deeper. So, uh, again, I'm really excited to see what the Rangers are able to put together in the very near future because you look at that, uh, you look at what they got in net with Igor Shosturkin and Alexander Georgiev, two really quality young netminders. Um, and then up front was Zibanejad and Panarin, and then some of the young guys with Lafreniere, who, who had a really good ending to the regular season, and Capo who I think started to uh, show a little promise um, as the regular season wore on. Uh, that could be an impressive team to uh, to work on. Now I think it's just about tinkering around the edges uh, for Chris Drury, finding some of those complementary pieces, the, the, the Barkley Gaudreau's, the Blake Coleman, so to speak. It should be the interesting Tampa to see how Chris Drury gets really his feet wet on that new contract that for Adam Fox when it comes up, because that, that is going to be challenging with all the money they've spent to some big players. They always seem to be in the mix. So Jack Eichel's going to go there. I mean, everyone's going to go there, and uh, not everyone can be the Tampa Bay Lightning and manipulate the cap as well as they've done in the past. Dave McCarthy's with us from NHL.com and Sirius XM NHL Radio. Dave, the other fascinating one was the Vezina, and this really was a two-horse race. Um, I will say Connor Hellebuck should have been the third finalist over Philip Grubauer, but how about Marc-Andre Fleury? And part of it, it speaks mm. to just the incredible regular season that he had. The other thing that I couldn't help but think when I heard that Marc-Andre Fleury was announced as the Vezina Trophy winner is that his team went out, was eliminated from the playoffs, with him sitting on the bench. Uh, just another weird, weird year when it comes to goaltending in Vegas. But um, certainly he and Leonard won the Jennings Trophy. And, uh, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury had an unbelievable regular season, and that won him the award. 
Yeah, um, I'll push back on your Hellebuck should have been the third pick. I'll be honest, I disagree on that. I was comfortable with Grubauer, and, and, and to be honest, if Eastern I was Eastern media bias, as usual, I, I as usual. I, no, 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 no. Hey, no, come on now. <laughs> I'll put it this way. Last year, last year, Connor Hellebuck was lights out. I don't think he was quite as good this year, and I thought the ending to the regular season uh, hurt him in the eyes of a lot of voters because – you know, as it is with these awards, you know, it really does seem to help um, what you do in the final two months of the regular season. We That's go back a good to point. the Hart Trophy and, and Taylor Hall from a couple, you know, a couple of years ago uh, where he put the devils on his back in the last two months, dragged him into the playoffs. McDavid finished the, uh, the regular season like he was playing shinny hockey, picking up four points a night. Matthews uh, went on that run. So it, it is, um, rightly or wrongly, uh, what do you do for me lately that does seem to influence the voting? And, and to me, uh, Hellebuck, just, he wasn't at the same level that he was at um, the, the season before. He would have been in my top five, but probably fifth. I would have actually had UC Saros ahead of him as well because I think the run that he went on um, without that, Nashville didn't even close to making the playoffs. But you know, let's not get too worked up. I'd still love to have Connor Hellebuck on my team any day of the week, okay? Hey. Is that guys that won? It's interesting. The general managers vote on the Vesna, um, and I found it a little bit bizarre that Andre Vasilevsky was the first team All Star goaltender, but Mark Andre Fleury won the Vesna. I also found it somewhat bizarre that uh, that Andre Vasilevsky finished, I believe it was seventh in Hart Trophy voting, ahead of Mark Andre Fleury, who I don't believe got any votes for the Hart. Uh, but Flurry won the best goaltender. So there's always some some sort of incongruity when it comes to the votes. I won't get into it too much because that's an argument that honestly uh, it's not it's not worth willing to have to me. It's kind of tiring at times. But um, you know, Flurry the the regular season that he had was was tremendous. And who would have had that given how the playoffs ended a year ago with uh, with him getting the knife through the back um, from his agent there to create controversy. It looked like they had moved past Florida. It looked like they had moved on to Leonard, but uh, through a number of different circumstances, uh, Leonard obviously being unavailable at times this year uh, due to injury, Fleury uh, reestablished his job as the number one in Vegas during the, uh, during the regular year. And he played well enough to put himself in the consideration and he, uh, he earned the votes. Um, did he maybe get uh, a little bit of consideration from the uh, the general managers who, um, you know, this was an award that Fleury had never won. Um, was this a, was a little bit of a lifetime achievement award? Uh, maybe um, for a guy that's really well-liked and universally respected throughout the game. And now that he's got this Vesna, no more of a debate straight into the Hall of Fame he goes. Um, if I had voted, um, I would have picked if Vasilevsky one, Flurry two, uh, Grubauer three, uh, Saros four, Vasile or um, Hellebuck five. Um, but again, I mean, we're really splitting hairs with 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 that type of a debate. I think both Vasilevsky and Flurry very deserving candidates, and and Flurry a deserving winner this year. Yeah, Dave McCarthy with this from NHL.com. What it was fascinating to me, and again, we'll kind of move on to, to the cup final, but four GMs didn't have Vasilevsky on their ballot. <laughs> and I'm not sure whether that's fellow GMs being 
choked at Breezeball for the way that they were able to manage the cap or what, but that is exactly how uh, how that all ended up. And that, I think, was a, an interesting topic. And, you know, listen, anytime, you know, there's always whoever votes on it is going to get some heat if certain people aren't there. But that was a bit of a head scratcher. Anyways, Dave, let's get to the cup final. Um, before we get to tonight's game, what did you think of game one? I mean, you know, coming out of game seven against the Islanders in that tough series, Tampa did not miss a beat. And uh, I don't want to say the Montreal Canadiens weren't ready because I think they were, but I think they're now realizing that they're moving up another weight class to a playoff proven team that is set on running it back and doing in front of their fans this year after having to do it in an empty building last summer. Yeah, I thought it was a really impressive game from Tampa Bay. Uh, What they've continued to show us throughout this playoff run and last year's playoff run was that they can beat you any way you want to play. If it's going to be a game where it's wide open, they'll beat you 8-0 like they did the Islanders in Game 5 for fun. Um, If they they have to grind you down and if it's going to be a tight-checking game, uh, they can grind you down like they did in Game 7, winning it 1-0 with a short goal. Uh, of all things, is the lone goal. Um, quite, uh, quite a similar recipe to the way they've they've closed out each series. It's been a very tight checking game in the clinching game of each of their their series wins. Andre Vasilevsky's got a shutout um, in four straight series clinches dating back to the Cup out from a year ago against Dallas, which also was a low scoring game. So um, they can beat you any way they want. And I think that makes them a really dangerous opponent. And I think, quite honestly, in Game One. Uh, it was kind of a combination of of both things. I thought the first period was a little bit scrambly, a bit frenetic. Uh, to game ones, um, and like it's sort of way you do in the first period of round one, where it's like everyone gets thrown into the pool and, and is paddling for dear life until the game kind of settles in. Um, and, and then once they got that first goal, and then the second one relatively quickly to to build a two nothing lead. Then I thought they really settled in. Um, and, and yes, they grew the lead in the uh, third period with three goals. But um, in addition to growing the lead, they also suffocated the life out of Montreal. Habs really, in my eyes, never really uh, threatened at all in that third period. Obviously, they weren't coming back in that game after after Tampa Bay expanded their lead. Threatened really with any kind of a, a dangerous scoring chance to look like they'd even close the gap. So I thought that was a really impressive uh, outing from Tampa Bay. Um, sort of withstanding the scrambliness of the early beginning from a defensive standpoint. They suffocated Montreal, and, and I thought their play in the neutral zone was a huge key to success in that game. Montreal's got to get away from turning the puck over in the neutral zone. If they're going to do that, it's going to be, well, I would say a long series, but you know what I mean, not a long series for Montreal, because it'll be over in four or five if they, if, they, if they turn it over to a team that is as proficient on the rush as Tampa Bay is. Yeah, no, it's a great point, Dave. And um, you know, let me ask you about the physicality of Tampa. And, and it seems like the blueprints of what they learned in that humiliating sweep to Columbus in 2019, the fingerprints are all over that and what they learned, both from last year's run as well as this year. And you know, what really stood out to me is once they really were back in control of that game in the third period, they were absolutely relentless physically on the Montreal Canadiens, giving up. I mean, Brendan Gallagher, mm-hmm. they weren't waiting for Brendan Gallagher to give it to them. They were bringing it to him. Um, how do you think Montreal handled that? And how will things, like, do they need to do things differently when the puck drops tonight in game two to maybe set a bit, a bit of a different tone? Because they were really on the receiving end for most of the 60 minutes on Monday. 
Well, that's the other element of Tampa Bay, right? If you want to play physically with them, okay, let's play physically. Uh, That was something that Columbus did against the uh, Lightning a couple of years ago, and Tampa Bay didn't really have an answer for it. I think that's why they went out last year, and they got uh, Goudreau, they got Coleman, they brought in uh, Zach Bogosian, obviously, last year, David Savard this year, who's certainly not a, uh, a shrinking violet when it comes to physical play. So that's just another element, and you're right, they really did take it to, uh, to Montreal. Uh, do I think Montreal needs to do things differently? Yeah, they, they 100% do. One, they got a man puck uh, much better than they than they did in game one. Uh, two, they got to score the first goal. Uh, Montreal's derived a lot of their success on scoring the first goal and then really locking it down. Montreal, I don't think, has the firepower quite yet to be chasing the game, let alone against a team like Tampa Bay. That is not a recipe for success. Uh, and I think Luke Richardson, the interim interim head coach, needs to do um, a bit better of a job of trying to put his team in more favorable matchups against this Tampa Bay team. Uh, John Cooper did a tremendous job of getting his top line of Point of Kucherov away from the Philippe Dano, Arteri Lekin, and Brendan Gallagher line, which I think really, and once this series gets back home to, to the Bell Center in Montreal, that's the matchup you're going to see against the Point Kucherov line. Uh, but John Cooper did a great job of getting his top line up against Suzuki and uh, and Caulfield. And man, that did not end well for Montreal. So um, it's difficult on the road. Uh, but as a head coach, that's part of your job to try to get some better matchups for your team. And John Cooper significantly won that battle in game one. And it, it, it paid dividends for his team. Uh, Caulfield and Suzuki were both dash three. Uh, that was a tough look. So those are the three things that I'd like to see Montreal do a better job of. Uh, get the first goal. Um, be much better managing the puck in the neutral zone and then try. I mean, you're not going to win that matchup all the time with last, with last change going to Tampa Bay, but uh, try to do a better job, if you can, of getting uh, the Dan O-line out against that top line a little more often than they did in game one. Yeah, and uh, as everyone's saying in the chat, we're expecting Joel Armia to be back in the lineup tonight, presumably back with Stalin Perry on that line that's been so effective so far, so we'll see what's going on um, when we drop the puck this evening in game number two of the Cup Final. Dave McCarthy is with us, NHL.com, Series XM, NHL Radio. What are you working on this week, and uh, what's coming up on the weekend Sunday brunch? I will tell you, Dave, um, <laughs> it was quite an, an abrupt way to end our interview, but uh, always great having Dave on the program. You can check Dave's workout at NHL.com. And if you're on Sirius XM NHL radio, make sure to check him out on the weekend. Uh, I believe it's 11 a.m. Eastern with the uh, uh, with the Sunday brunch. Always a fun, fun show. So listen, we are going to transition from some hockey to some hoops Talked about the Big Canada win earlier today on the program. We're going to do that with Kirby Shep in just a couple seconds. Before we do that, I want to thank Nod Autocorp for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk from day one. If you were thinking about getting a new vehicle, before you do anything, talk to the experts at Nod. Why not get into the car of your dreams with the help of the Nod team at a great price? All makes and models, including some incredible Tesla vehicles. They've been the leaders in Tesla sales in Manitoba for years. And um, also detail your car. Uh, and if you're thinking about moving, if you're in a lease or you have a vehicle, you want to get a new one, talk to the Knot folks about their very successful consignment program that can help you get maximum value for your ride. And uh, a big shout out to our friends at Little Brown Jug. I have a feeling there'll be plenty of 1919s and the amazing new summer lager coming out on the weekend. 
I actually did see in the chat just now, John H is up at the beach. LBJ summer lager cracked hot out here at the beach. That might be the best way I can imagine enjoying the Winnipeg Sports Talk show, kicking back at the beach with the show on YouTube and enjoying one of these amazing summer loggers. You can also check out the Hefeweizen. Check out their website at littlebrownjug.ca. For it's never been easier to order it and get it delivered straight to your home. And use the promo code Canada Day up until the 3rd of July, and you'll get a free 1919 koozie as well with your order. And don't forget to stick around. We've got a great giveaway from Little Brown Jug and our friends at Breezy Bend at the end of the program with one of our famous marble races. That should be quite an exciting way to finish up the program. And I can't wait to get some of our listeners out at Breezy Bend. What a beautiful golf course. It is an absolutely mint shape, doing some great work. And finally, with the restrictions loosened, we can have a couple 1919s on the incredible 19th hole, the patio overlooking 18 at Breezy Bend. If you're thinking about a home for a golfing home for you and your family next season, and get on the waiting list, find out more at breezybend.ca or give Corey Johnson a call and find out more. All right, let's talk some hoops. Big <laughs> win last night for Team Canada. Desperately trying to get in that last chance qualifier for the Olympics in Japan this summer. And no one better to talk about that than our good friend Kirby Shep, head basketball coach of the UFM Bison men's program and a longtime member of Team Canada's coaching staff. Curb, what's up? How are you, my man? I'm doing very well, Hustler. First time with you in the new formats. Uh, exciting times. Exciting times, my friend. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we've had so many great chats over the years, both on and off the air. And uh, exciting time for Canada basketball. Listen, before we get to, to all of that, give us a quick update on uh, where things are at for your program. I mean, listen, it doesn't matter what area of sports that you've been in. This pandemic has been incredibly impactful. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about you know, the things we often focus on, the professional sports, but student athletes um, have had, I mean, in a lot of ways, their entire life path shaken up. I mean, what's it been like with you and your athletes in the program and how are things looking going forward? Yeah, certainly been tough times, especially for us here in uh, in the province of Manitoba. You know, we've obviously had our ups and downs and, uh, you know, has, hasn't been uh, the ideal of the ideal spring, I guess you could say. But, you know, at the same time, we're seeing light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we announced uh, a schedule to, to start, you know, normal league play schedule to start uh, Halloween. And uh, and that's sort of normal timelines. And we're really hopeful, you know, with, you know, numbers going down, vaccinations going up and that kind of thing. Uh that will have a normal, a normal schedule. And that, I mean, there's still repercussions. I think, you know, the long-term repercussions of amateur sports in terms of, you know, kids not graduating and moving on double recruiting classes, bit of a log jam of athletes coming in uh, disruption to their academic careers. You know, those are all still going to be a reality, but uh, if we can just at least get on back on the court and just, play some games i think uh people can overlook some of those things yeah i mean you mentioned recruiting i mean this is crazy with no season last year you had kids that were supposed to be rookies last year that would be second years that still haven't played yet as well as a number of athletes that were planning on maybe playing their senior year last year how many players will be changing over from your squad of two years ago to whatever tips off uh in the in the fall yeah, I mean, we had our a uh, couple guys just graduate out you know, normally that would was was their last year in nineteen and twenty, but we were supposed to have two more graduate this past year, and uh, and they decided to stick it out and play another year. So we've got uh, you know fifth year guys that are doing an extra year of school, and uh, it's, uh, it's certainly going to be a little bit of a boost to us in the short term. But as you mentioned, you know, you, you've got a we basically have a double 
first year class and uh we're really excited about that group of young guys we got some really good local recruits and uh so it, it should be a fun fun year and let, let's hope i mean a, a fun year for us is just be let's play in game let's give me a chance to complain about officiating and uh you know yell at some people that would be a fun year for me so uh amen to that and we'll look forward to catching up with you and the guys guys closer to a tip off of the season here on winnipeg sports talk um curb let's talk about canada um first of all i think a lot of people are sort of finding out about this tournament now realizing what's at stake before we talk about what's happening right now in victoria how did we get here? Um, there was a real disappointing loss. The opportunity was there for Canada to, to qualify for the Olympics. It didn't happen. So here we are right now. Fill us in on how we got here and how this tournament is set up, what this team has to do to qualify for Tokyo. Well, I mean, we, we certainly had an incredible run for Canada basketball in the age group teams, which I've been you know fortunate to be a part of for the last uh you know, decade and a half here, but uh, it certainly has been a disappointing run at the senior team. The last time we qualified for the Olympics was, was Sydney. And, uh, you know, that, that's been a long stretch and uh, a long disappointing stretch. And now, you know, we've seen this incredible group of age group kids that we've had come up, you know, they're, they're now populating our team and they're, they're now, you know, the, the, the heart of our group. And we have tremendous depth of talent, really only the U S uh, can match us in terms of the depth of talent that we have here in Canada. So we're hopeful, you know, that that can, you know, change hands. And, and as you mentioned, there was a, or a very disappointing, you know, 2015 where we didn't qualify for the Olympics and uh, didn't even get invited to the last chance qualifier uh, due to the, you know, some say the guy who owns Angry Birds about the no, I don't know story, but uh, so yeah, we're finally hosting a, a tournament here, and uh, it's really exciting as we, you know, last chance qualifier. Basically, it's win and get in. So we win this tournament here in Victoria, and we're in the Olympics. So uh, we, we like our chances so far, but there's certainly a couple tough games ahead. Now we knew that. Um, I mean, I think everyone thought that Jamal Murray, star of the Denver Nuggets, was going to be one of, if not the leader of this squad. Of course, sure. he's hurt, wasn't able to play in the playoffs for the Nugs, and will not play with Canada. Um, Shai Gilgis Alexander, another young star in the NBA with the Canadian passport, out and not able to play. But outside of that, um, how would you compare the buy-in from the rest of the NBA, NBA stars for Canada compared to recent years and tournaments? And uh, it's certainly interesting to see Andrew Wiggins back. What's it been six years since he's worn uh, Canada's jersey? Yeah, I know he he certainly hasn't been around much and had a bit of a bad taste in his mouth from that 2015 qualifier. And uh, yeah, it's been uh, you know it's been certainly a real challenging course to get these guys there. I mean, I don't blame them with this with the season they've had in the NBA, they basically played three to sometimes five or six games a week for a condensed season. And it was an absolute grind. You can see all the injuries that are happening in the NBA. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of athletes that would have taken the year summer off. And I really commend these guys, as you mentioned, though, uh, probably missing our top three guys in, in Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Jamal Murray would be our starting backcourt. I would think, you know, and as good a backcourt as anyone in the world, um, as well as Dylan Brooks uh, had a tremendous performance for Memphis Grizzlies. He could be on this team as well. All of those guys are battling some nagging injuries, some less nagging. Uh, you know, obviously Jamal's got an ACL tear, but they all had committed to play up until the very end when their bodies basically told them they needed a summer off. So, but we still have a great group. We've got uh, eight current NBA players. We have ten guys in the roster with NBA experience. Uh, two other guys who have really solid Euroleague experience. So. I mean, we, we, we have a solid group here um, that could certainly do some damage. Well, um, 
What did you think of the game last night? I mean, they went in. I was checking the line. I was surprised that they, you know, without really playing at all. I mean, it was really more, I think, about the pedigree of the NBA players. They were like 14 and a half point favorites in the game. Right. Um, you know, the Greeks have Rick Pitino on the bench. I didn't know that. I'm like, what the hell is Rick Pitino doing there? And, um, you know, they didn't have any big NBA stars with Giannis, of course, in the uh, in the playoffs right now. Right. And they did have a guy that looked like the veteran hipster of basketball. I don't know, see that guy with the gray beard, the bun. I mean, there's some great looks on the Greek team, but these guys could play. They could also shoot. And man, you get to halftime and um, you, you knew this was going to be a real test for Canada. But maybe that's a good way that this tournament started. Yeah, you got a real taste last night of, of what FIBA basketball is. And it, it really is a different game than the NBA, right? Where the NBA such, does such a great job of showcasing its talent and its stars. And, and the game is designed to allow those guys to flourish. FIBA rules and you know, just some slight differences that make it more of a team game. And you really need to know how to generate shots together and team play becomes a larger factor. So Sometimes, you know, that talent difference can, can really be balanced out. And another side note, you mentioned Rick Pitino is great in that game to see, you know, very classic thing in FIBA basketball is um, they have uh, mics in the timeouts. You know, I was uh, I was caught on a couple hot mics, sometimes coaching internationally. And uh, you, you heard some classics from Rick Pitino last night as he told the guys what he thought of their play. And uh, it was uh, it was uh, real fun to watch. So. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be one of the challenges for Canada is, you know, although we have tremendous talent, there's a lot of youth on this squad. And there's a lot of in, uh, lack of experience in the international game. And because it's such a different game, it's going to be tough for them. And I think that was really impressive was, you know, that was the first time they played anyone. And of course, as you mentioned, they started down early and then, you know, they really kind of turned up the defense. Coach Nick Nurse made a few really smart adjustments, I thought, and uh, turned that game around. It was a huge win against Greece. Let me ask you about Nurse, because you know you mentioned the intricities between FIBA, World Basketball, and what we see in the NBA. From a coach's perspective, how challenging is it, or how different is it, going from coaching the Raptors to coaching Team Canada? Yeah, and this is this is why I think Nick Nurse is really, you know, we couldn't have done better here. He's the ideal person for the job here in this space. I mean, obviously, He's dealt with the last decade or so, you know, dealt with NBA players and knows what that's like to coach NBA players and, and all the different kind of off courts things that entails. But, you know, people don't realize he's a bit of a basketball vagabond. He traveled the world. He coached college ball in the U.S. and he coached overseas. I mean, he coached with the, you know, the British national team. He coached British pro ball. He coached a number of years of international ball overseas. So, he has a lot of experience in this area internationally, and I think that's that's really what makes him kind of the ideal candidate here for Canada. Kirby Sheps with us talking Canada's quest to qualify in basketball for the upcoming Summer Olympics. Big win last night, 97-91 over Greece. They'll take on the Chinese tonight in the second of the two-game group play before the semifinals of the last chance tournament. Let's talk about some of the top guys on, on the squad. We mentioned Wiggins, RJ Barrett. What an exciting player. We've talked about him in the past, Trey Lyles, and Corey Joseph, a veteran. I mean, that sort of seems to be the core of the NBA players, but I'll tell you what, Lou Dort looked good. And I'll be honest, I wasn't familiar with Dwight Powell very much. Hadn't watched a lot of Mavs games this year. 
Um, he seems to be a guy that will be very influential in these games because of his ability to rebound and um, get the ball for some of his teammates. So just talk a little bit about the core and the players that people will be noticing if they tune in tonight. Sure, absolutely. I mean, Corey's a guy who's been around around the block a little bit. He's obviously won championships with San Antonio. You know, he's a, a tremendous NBA veteran, but but he is at the end of his career. I mean, certainly that's he'll bring that kind of stability and leadership to the roster here. I think that's really crucial. What's really interesting, I think you saw last night, well, it was how they started to, you know, well, they have Corey and RJ, and RJ is extremely young. Uh, what is he, 19, 20? I mean, it's crazy. He's so, so young right now, but so talented. And, you know, they, they started those two guys. But then you saw, you know, when they turned it around, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's a tremendous talent of the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, 6'5", can play both guard positions, can really shoot it. Uh, and then Lou Dore and Lou is, I tell you what, his box score wasn't impressive last night, but he is fun to watch. He is an abs. He is a linebacker playing basketball at six, four. And I'm going to guess 240 pounds. It was, they put him in the game and they put him on a guy by the name of Nick Kalathis from Greece, who's probably the best guard in the EuroLeague. And Lou just bullied him all over the court, just physically beat him up. And that's what really, I thought, turned the game around for Canada, him and Nikhil shooting. But yeah, I mean, all this, those guys, Dwight Powell's going to be a real huge addition. I mean, I think our forward core is a little bit thin uh, and Dwight certainly got the ability to step outside and shoot it a little bit you know, provide some scoring and he became a really key, uh, a key piece and a key role player for the Dallas Mavs, you know, towards the end of this season. And, uh, and, and he's going to show what I think for team Canada. So that's going to be really key for us. I really, you know, we're probably missing some size up front. Andrew Nicholson played a little bit last night. He's got tremendous NBA experience. He's a very good big man, but uh, probably missing Kelly Olenek. And that's one thing I think is the physicality of the FIBA game. I'm hoping doesn't wear us down as we know, we play China next who's, probably one of the biggest teams in the world. Uh, Kirby Shep with us talking Canada basketball game against China tonight as they continue to try to qualify for the uh, last spot in the Olympics. Kirby, uh, from a coach's perspective, you're Nick Nurse. Um, you know, these are all players from different teams. They haven't really been together. Um, if you're in a tie game or down one on the final play, um, who, who are you writing the play up for? Who, who's going to be the guy that's making that shot? And, you know, if it's not one, I mean, who are the guys that are in the mix for that? And I think that's one of the challenges of this team. And you saw it a little bit towards the end of the game when they were trying to seal it up and, and Greece made a bit of a push was there was a couple of guys that were playing a little bit of hero ball and, they, you know, they were showing their inexperience. I mean, our most talented guys out here, RJ's 19, Nikhil's, or RJ's 20, Nikhil's 20, Lugens is 20. Uh, you, you got a lot of young guys. Andrew Wiggins is uh, 27 now. I mean, you're, you've got a lot, you, you got a lot of experience here. So if I were to say one guy to get a shot here, I mean, certainly RJ Barrett is certainly proven as a scorer and ability to create his shot. I think I'd like the ball in Corey Joseph's hand to sort of make a decision on, you know, where that one goes a little bit. But then he's probably going to have to base it on matchups and we're going to have to trust each other and, and play some team ball. This probably isn't a team. I don't think that, you know, we can, as we see in the NBA, you know, where you give it to LeBron and get the heck out of the way and make a play. I don't think we have a team like that. I think our strength is in, is in our, you know, in our entire team play here. And hopefully we can get to a point in a short period of time where we can get that cohesiveness where, you know, we can, we can make something happen as a group rather than see some one guy sort of take on his shoulders. Kirby, how many uh, how many of these guys did you coach as juniors? Oh boy, let me think about that. 
Nikhil, I coached in Chile. Uh, Corey Joseph, a little bit. Uh, yeah, Trey Lyles, RJ Barrett, Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, that's about it. So we got about half the squad here. We've had at different times of juniors and, and cadets. And even back when they were 15 years old, I mean, Anthony ba- Andrew, Andrew Wiggins uh, burst on the scene. Uh, his very first international game was in a tiny gym in Spain where it was 42 degrees inside and he was 15 years old. So I was, uh, I was there for that one. And uh, a great, it's just a great story to see these guys come up. Well, and, and you know, I mean, I can remember our conversations, I mean, a decade ago about where basketball was going in Canada and you would tell me about, dude, you're not going to believe this kid. And, and I, I guess, I mean, maybe it's happened a little later than we would like uh, as far as, you know, the Olympics, but, I mean, all you need to do is pay attention to a night of NBA action, seeing how many young Canadians there are that are making an impact. And I'm sure from your perspective, this has been a long time coming, but this really will be the trend. And, you know, hopefully they can qualify for this Olympic Games. But I think the expectation going forward is that Canada not only will be a regular in these sort of events, but, you know, will move into another tier when it comes to international competition of being a tough out for the world's best. Yeah, I mean, the question now is, can we manage that, right? Can we manage those relationships? Can we keep those people, you know, um, sort of wanting to play for Canada and wanting to represent? I mean, you know, finish there, as I mentioned, finish the long season a little bit and wanted to kind of go away in the summer. And so far, we've, we've had great uptake with that. And that's been really, really good. And so, uh, as I mentioned, we, the, the thing is, I think our biggest strength is our depth of talent. The one thing that the U.S. has over everyone is if... You know, if Steph Curry decides not to play, oh, well, they've got to play Damian Lillard and it's okay, right? <laughs> and, and I think and other countries don't have that luxury. But now that we have, you know, 10, 12, 15, there's going to be more in the next two, three years. We get to 20 NBA players. If a few guys can't play, we still got a pretty good roster. So I'm excited about that. Hey, uh, just quickly on the NBA, um, you know, saw the, the Buck Giannis get hurt last night. Trey didn't play. Atlanta wins to get back in that series. Um, well, first off, I don't know if a lot of people had this Final Four in the NBA. A lot of the usual suspects aren't there right now. And what have you made of the playoffs so far? And uh, these four teams that are battling to uh, play for the Larry OB. Yeah, what a what a roller coaster here of a of season. And uh, yeah, it's certainly... Uh... You know, the, the survival, if you can win this year, it's more of, you know, not, not getting a championship, but uh, surviving a season and the number of injuries we've seen to, to major players. And it's really putting a dent in uh, what really is my favorite time of the year, which is the NBA playoffs. Absolutely exciting. And uh, I'm hopeful we get some news here that Giannis is uh, at least able to come back at some point here or someone like Kawhi Leonard is able to come back. I, I'm not optimistic about Kawhi. You know, I'm hopeful about Giannis, but uh, we need we need our stars to play, and it's it, the game is fun when the best players are playing against the best players. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, it's sad to see, and uh, you know, some of it's bad luck, but uh, some of it may be, you know, of trying to pack you know seventy two games into you know five months or whatever they did here. So, well, I mean, the the thing is, though, I mean, like as someone that I mean respects the great stars of the game, I don't mind seeing great teams come together and and kind of you know. Um, you know, achieve beyond what they're doing. And I think the Suns have certainly been a case like that. And the Clippers, I mean, the Clippers are a team that has been so cursed by history in so many ways. And, you know, and then we saw Paul George actually turn into playoff P, not just call himself (laughs) playoff P. He's had a couple of big games. Uh, But I'll tell you what, I did not expect the Clippers getting off the mat in game five to get that win. I think there's a lot of pressure on the Suns to get this win tonight and avoid it going to seven. 
Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, I, I like the Suns too as a team. I think in terms of their series, they're so well constructed. I think Monty Williams is a tremendous coach. Uh, they, just, they just really have all all the pieces, but uh, but the fight and the scrap of the Clippers and how they get after it and how they compete, you know, it's uh, it's really tremendous, and that's made them fun to watch. And, and if they're shooting the ball, then uh, you know they can beat anyone in every any given day. And so, uh, but we'll see. I, I don't know how the league's going to like it if. Uh, None of their big stars are in the NBA Finals, but uh, I'll still be there watching, and hopefully we can we can see some great games. Hey, well, I got to ask you a Raptor question. Um, I mean, it ended terribly for the Sixers, and Ben Simmons is essentially a pariah in Philly right now. The expectation is that he's going to be moved. Would you want Ben Simmons on your squad? Boy, you don't want someone who can hit do things in pressure situations in Philadelphia. But if there's any place. <laughs> If there's any place that there's pressure in the sports world more than the others, it's Philadelphia. So, yeah, I think I think he has to be traded. I think it's it's in his best interest. I still think he's a tremendous talent. I still think there's market value for him out there. I would suspect that early on the summer, people are going to be offering in Daryl Morey like me and you and you know a bag of balls or something for Ben Simmons and you know he, he's smart enough to not take that right away. And then towards the end of the summer, I, I could see. Uh, I could see them making a trade and uh, hope, you know what? I hope he ends up at a place where he can continue to grow and be a star a little bit, but uh, that, uh, that marriage in Philly, I think is over. Uh, what do you think about the Raptors uh, moving up to four in the draft? I mean, that, listen, I'm not going to claim that I have been doing a lot of in-depth sure. NBA draft scouting, especially in this weird year, but the, the, the popular opinion is that there's kind of four clear top prospects. Um, right. you know, after such a miserable year, um, Pretty nice bit of luck for the Raps going into uh, calling the names. Absolutely huge, and you're not you're no mistake about it. I mean, this is a good draft. You know, there are obviously good draft, bad years in draft. This is a good draft, especially at the top end of the draft. It you know it's really solid, and as you mentioned, it's that uh, that, that top four. So you know, coming in at four is two guys um, that I've had a chance to coach against that I think are tremendously exciting. Uh, one by the name of Jalen Green, and one by the name of Jalen Suggs. The two Jalen. So, and I think Toronto would be ecstatic to get either one of these guys. I mean, Jalen Suggs is a tremendous athlete who's, you know, has a certain poise and charisma and sort of uh, character about him that, you know, he just has, you know, leader dripping all over him. And he's, uh, I think he's going to be a tremendous NBA player. And then Jalen Green could be, he could be the best player in the draft. I mean, he's a really young guy. And uh, I got a coach, chance to coach against him in Argentina. And uh, reminds me a lot of uh, Russell Westbrook. He's that level of athlete, that level of motor, but he can shoot it a little better. So, I mean, it, you see a kid like that coming up in a Raptors uh, uniform could be uh, could be phenomenal. So exciting times for the Raptors for sure. No doubt. All right, Kurt, before we go, let's take it back to this qualifying tournament. We're focusing in on the Canadian pool. They beat the Greeks last night. They're like 25 favorites, a point favorites tonight against the Chinese. Um, with the win last night, they're almost assured of being part of the semifinals. Tell us about the three teams on the other side and what, in your opinion, will be the biggest test for Canada if they want to get to uh, get to Japan. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, we want to win tonight and get first place in our pool uh, on the other side, of course, is Uruguay, Czech Republic, and Turkey. I think Turkey proposes the biggest threat, and they beat Uruguay last night. Although they didn't do it impressively, I mean, I, I thought that would be a bit of a you know larger win for them. You know, just a six eight point win, something like that for Turkey. But uh, Turkey has three NBA players of their own. 
they've got a lot more international experience than our guys, a lot more physical toughness inside. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's probably going to be our biggest test out of that side. It, it, you know, if we get that, I, I would anticipate Canada Turkey being the game to go to the Olympics. Um, you know, it'd certainly be nice to have a lot of fans in the building there. It doesn't look like that's going to happen, but, uh, yeah, it would be, uh, it, it's, it's going to be a tough one. I think even tonight, I mean, I do expect, as you mentioned, them to beat China. I just think their guard plays too much, but uh, China has uh, eight players over six foot nine. I mean, they're, they're the biggest team in the world. Hey, you know, that could cause a little bit of problems. I expect them to play a bunch of zone tonight. And uh, if Canada doesn't shoot well, you know, there could be, could be some challenges there, but boy, look for a incredibly physical battle against Turkey down the road that they're going to have to gut one out against. Kirby, this has been a lot of fun. Can't wait for the game tonight and seeing what the guys can do. And fingers crossed, we'll be talking about these NBA stars representing Canada at the Olympics. I didn't anticipate this doing uh, doing this with you, but we've talked before about your travels when it comes to basketball with Canada. You're stand, sitting right in front of a world map. For our listeners, would you not point out everywhere on that map that basketball has taken you. Where have you coached? Because uh, I would imagine you could be putting pegs in all over the place. This is going to be good. So I, I have thought of this for a while. This is, by the way, this is taking me back. A few years ago, I was actually a geography teacher a number of years ago. Here we go. Right? So like, uh, <laughs> Hopefully you remember here, what the but, countries uh, are. Obviously all over the U.S. and Canada. I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer here. If I'm going over here, I've been to uh, Argentina, I believe, four times. Brazil two or three times, Chile, um, Uruguay, um, up in Egypt, uh, been to uh, Jordan, uh, let's see, Germany, Spain, multiple times, England, France, uh, Italy, Slovenia, Latvia, Greece, jeez, um, got to be a couple other countries in Europe I'm missing right now. Uh, and Australia, one of my favorites. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly been a great ride, and uh, I hope it continues. It, it, I love traveling the world and seeing different cultures, and it's one of the beauties of basketball is it's, uh, it's a global game. Well, you've ticked off a lot of the boxes, but the one thing for Canada basketball was not on the list was Japan. So let's hope that the guys can get it done, and we'll see the red and white there going forward. Kirby, listen, have a great one. Enjoy this game tonight, and uh, – Hopefully we can talk in a week or two about uh, Canada getting ready to uh, go battle for a gold medal at the Olympics. Sounds good, Huss. Take care. Appreciate it, and uh, good luck on the upcoming season. I know uh, everyone's getting ready to get the Bisons back on the court as well, and we'll certainly do something with Kirby on the squad as we get the student-athletes back on the court coming up. Great stuff with Kirby Shep. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Kirby Shep. And uh, uh, longtime friend, used to work with him for a while back at the uh, U of M. Been so impressed with what he's done with that Bison men's program. But the, it's the conversation that I always really loved about these young Canadian players that he was seeing at 14 and 15 years old that have now turned into NBA stars and hold our Olympic hopes in their hands. Game two tonight of the tournament, tonight against China. Uh, presumably they'll move on to the semifinals and then they'll be two games away from punching their ticket to the Olympics. All right, we've got, still have lots of, lots to get to, including the big little brown jug breezy bend contest with the marble race at the end of the program. I want to give a shout out to Boston pizza. I think there might be a return to BP tonight in one of the lounges to watch game two of the Stanley cup final. It's been a while since we've had those delicious bots and Boston pizza wings. 
the pizza flights, and so much more in the restaurant. And it's pretty hot outside right now. I know a lot of people are choosing patio. I get it. Uh, but we've got a big game tonight. No better place to do that than in your local Boston Pizza Lounge. And whether you're there, inside, or on the patio, check out the incredible new summer menu. They've got the honey dill fried chicken sandwich, the burger Italiano. And check out some of these mixers for you on the patio. The Bulldog Margarita Fish Bowl, the White Sangria Smash, the Peachy Mojito Royale, a Galaxy Fish Bowl, and of course, all those busy hard seltzers. So pop down, check out our friends at Boston Pizza. They're open again for takeout and delivery if you want to get it for a little home party. But it is time for us to get out. Patios and restaurants open under current health orders at Boston Pizza. Shout out to Aikens Lake. I got a message from Pete Tessier who's a, uh, you know, a prominent member of Jets Twitter and someone that checks out the show. Pete's out at Aikens right now. Uh, texted me a picture yesterday of an absolutely monster trophy uh, lake trout from yesterday. And uh, we're going to get out there in a couple weeks. I cannot wait. If you're thinking about an amazing in Manitoba vacation this summer, world-class flying fly fishing lodge is Aikens Lake. You can be on the water in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg. Find out more at AikensLake.com or... Hit Pitt Turin up on Twitter for more info at Aikens Lake. And of course, it's Wednesday night, our final night of live racing for the week at Assiniboia Downs. Remus and I will get to our picks for the duel at the Derby a little bit later on in the program. But if you haven't already, get to hpibet.com. Get yourself an account. You can bet on the races at Assiniboia Downs, as well as horse race uh, tracks all around the world. And watch them as well right there on the uh, on the site, hpibet.com. And don't forget, ASD Live, the YouTube channel. Great job of televising all of the races, as well as Kirk Stretch and Marshall. Give you some tips uh, before each race, as well as 645 each and every night. All right, let's get Remus back in here. We got to get to some cool bet lines. We got to get to our picks for Assiniboia Downs. And it will all lead up to a big marble race for the first winner of two Little Brown Jug and Breezy Ben prize packages. We've had people signing up on Instagram throughout the week, and now it's time to give it up a little bit later on. Remo, um, good stuff with Dave, and great stuff with Kirby. Always love talking hoops with Kirby, and uh, there's very few people that I've ever come across that have a better knowledge of Canadian basketball from an international level than a guy that spent so much time coaching these guys as kids, leading them to the NBA. Yes, very cool uh, for him just to go on the map and show all the places he's coached. And obviously, uh, he said he's coached about half the guys on Team Canada at some point, so definitely has a knowledge of all their games. I so had to ask him about the map there. I mean, when he was standing right in front of the map, yeah. the amount of times I said, hey, what's going on? Oh, I'm in El Salvador coaching, or I'm in Argentina. Sorry, I was late to get back to you. I yeah. figured it was too good of an opportunity with that map right behind him not to ask him that. It was, yeah, it was pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, as shows, shows how uh, global basketball is, South America, all over Europe as well, including Africa, and you could count uh, Egypt and Jordan. So, uh, again, very... Uh, you know, experienced guy when it comes to talking Canada basketball. I've been talking to him for a long time. I don't think I knew what he looked like, actually. So uh, there he was on the video. Yeah, no, it was great to have Kirby on the program. And, um, you know, just the other side of it. And we touched it briefly at the beginning. Um, you know, you, you can't help but think about all those athletes, the student athletes that miss, yes. you know, in some cases, their final year. Some of them are coming back knowing it's probably their last year of the opportunity to play before kind of getting out in the real world. Um 
So anyways, we just hope that things continue trending the way they are and they'll be able to get back on the court and actually play games this year. Um, great to see everyone that's with us live on YouTube. If you come a little bit later on after we started, you might notice this hoodie right here, the Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie, Michael Remus's t-shirt, because the Winnipeg Sports Talk store is officially open. The merch is finally ready. We got it, approved it. Great quality stuff. I'm loving this hoodie right now. And uh, Remo, for people that just popped in, tell them a little bit more about what's available and how they get it. Yeah, there's some t-shirts, um, what a hoodie, zip up, long sleeve. Uh, there's a mug, you know, for drinking your coffee with. So hit up the website, uh, store.winnipegsportstalk.com or just go to winnipegsportstalk.com and click on the link to the store and there's anything you want or have any issues, please, you know, don't hate to uh, DM us or email us on our website. Um, I'm happy to help anyone uh, with anything. So, uh, again, we've been working on this store for at least a month, uh, just putting it all together. And it's here, and we've already had a couple orders, so shout out to everyone uh, who's, you know, put in an order. And we can't wait to see everyone repping uh, the WST gear. Yeah, it was great. Braden was all fired up. We uh, put the email out about an hour before the show. Got an order right off the bat. He was the yeah. first guy in chat today. So thanks to Braden, Roger, and everyone else that's ordered something. And uh, I'll tell you what, when this stuff starts getting out, take a picture of yourself. We'll do another contest for people that are rocking the Winnipeg Sports Talk merch. We'll put something together. You can send us uh, a picture of you in whatever mm. the Winnipeg Sports Talk merch is. And uh We'll put something together for everyone supporting us. We really do appreciate it. And uh, I guess it's important to note, Reem, prices, they do include shipping in Canada. Um, so if you're, whether you're here in Winnipeg, there is a local pickup for some of the things we can do, like the mugs, but for the most part, um, be shipped free, included in the price. Um, so yeah, go to that right now. You can check it out at the website, winnipegsportstalk.com. Click on the store. And uh, as I said, I am incredibly happy with the, uh, what is this called again, Remo? This is the logo hoodie. Yeah, it's a logo hoodie. As opposed to the zip hoodie. Bigger yeah, logo yeah. in the front, pockets in the front. This is sort of my yeah, style. The... Remus is zipper guy and uh, has uh, has that one. They both turned out amazing. Yeah, it turned out good, comfortable stuff. So uh, that's been a project. You know, I think people were asking us like day one and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just got to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> how we can even be on YouTube? How do we can put a show? And so after like three months, I was like, "All right, it's yeah." It's we don't time. have a big enough staff, but it's happened. It took a little while, but yeah, uh, we appreciate more. the patience of everyone. And uh, yeah, pick it up and uh, help us spread the word about Winnipeg Sports Talk. Really happy with how everything turned out with the merch store now being live. Um, did we get any? Did you do you have any other takes on the uh, on the awards that we touched on with Dave uh, Flurry oh, winning over Ka- Vasilevsky? Yeah, Kaprizov yeah, getting the Calder. I know a lot of people are like, oh, he's not a real rookie. He played pro in Russia, and I think some people are tweeting Ray Ferraro, and it's like, guys, he's a rookie according to the rules. Who do you think you are that you can change the rules? And I remember when well, listen, like, they he- did change it. They changed it when Makarov won yes. the Calder Trophy, and what was it, eighty six or something like that, like in the late eighties. At 31 years old. Yeah. And they said, well, we don't want that happening. So they changed it to 25 years old. He's not 25. I mean, he was he was a rookie. He took a little longer. I mean, hell, Solani, Solani was playing. You know, he came over as, what, a 21 or 22-year-old and had the 76-goal mm-hmm. season. Um, would he have done that at 18? I don't know. But that was his rookie season. I mean, I don't know how there's much of an argument on that or why people, people are wasting are pissed. their breath. People are pissed. They wanted uh, Jason Robertson. From Dallas. What about Ned in Carolina? Yeah, yeah, he was pretty good too. But uh, 
I don't know. He's a rookie to me, so he had an awesome season. I took him. I remember taking him in fantasy uh, in DraftKings, like start of the season before the price caught up to his value. I wasn't on him in my season long. I probably should have been, but uh, great, great season for him. And that's just one of that some of that young talent in Minnesota that we'll be seeing, assuming the divisions get realigned, which I think they are. And one thing I want to say too. I mean, July one coming up. Gotta be honest. Can they? Let's get rid of free agency on July one. Let's let's eliminate that. Put it a different day. It doesn't need to be. We did. On a holiday. It's July twenty eighth. It's July twenty eighth. Yeah, yeah. But in a nor- like now that hockey's returning to the normal calendar year, I know I had to work a couple July ones, and, uh, <laughs> and no I doubt. think I don't, I don't think any of the hockey writers like doing it either. So. Like, why are we doing it on a holiday? Well, it's to- funny you bring that up. It's funny you bring that up because for a couple years, you know, um, well, two, three, four years ago, I would do a gig every um, year at Country Fest. So I'd go out with my pal Jeff Paulson. Um, he was working for one of the liquor companies. And we'd set up shop at Clear Lake. We golfed Oak Island. We'd golf Clear Lake. And then we'd go out and I'd do some hosting for the CFL games in one of the venues that they sponsored a country fest. So we were always out there at the time of Canada long weekend. I will never forget as long as I live having TSN 1290 on my phone, listening to Mark and Rick Ralph yes. go down the signings. And it was the infamous, what was it? The 2015, what was the year that lad signed? Oh yeah. It was lad, um, oh, oh man. Lad, Lucic, Neil, yeah. Louis Erickson. I mean, some of the worst. Like it probably was the most devastating free agent day of all time. Uh, you can pull that up in the meantime. But I I'm was on Clear Lake on like the ninth hole, getting ready to tee off, and I heard the guys going, "We have a signing. Andrew Ladd has signed with the New York Islanders." Well, New York Islanders, seven years, five and a half million dollars, and I fell flat on my face on the tee box. I was uh, so stunned. And that's proven to be, I mean, one of the worst contracts. I mean, he's been playing in the American Hockey League. He's been injured. Um, and I believe a huge portion of it was signing bonus as well. So it made it even harder to buy out. And that sort of seemed like that was the theme of some of those July 1 signings. Um, you know, Lucic, Neil, Ladd, Erickson. Big money, big term, little production, and big problems for all of the teams that signed those players on the 1st of July. Yeah, and I think it was yesterday or two days ago, Bob McKenzie tweeted out it was the anniversary of the trade as one for one. <laughs> and we were on the air um, that, that day. That's the craziest 20, 10 years on TSN 1290, yeah. without a doubt, so, the most insane 20 minutes of broadcasting. And it happened during the warm up, too. We weren't yeah. even into, I'm trying to think of whether. It was, like, was, it was was like Gary it was, still there? Was that still H and L days or was that uh, had Rick come on or I, I can't I remember, remember at the time. But it was like, oh, because we were it was all St- Stamkos watch. Where's Stamkos gonna go? And then he signed with Tampa. Then it's like, okay, Paul and Larson, you're like, what? One for one? And then I think it was the Subban trade. I might have mixed and, up those last two. Su- and then Subban for Shea Weber. And yeah. this all literally broke in a boat. It was in the final segment of the show over the course of 11 or 12 minutes. And yeah. it was I, my head was spinning. We still had. It's too bad we don't have some of the clips of the the live reaction on I may, air because I that was a <laughs> that was an absolute classic with us on it. And uh, yeah, the Stamkos deciding to resign and not go to free agency. 
Larson for Hall, one for one, and then Subban for Weber, one for one. Yeah. Two of the most in, two of the most interesting trades in the last decade in the National Hockey League, both happening ten minutes apart on the same day. Yeah, I think the Oilers. You know, looking back, the Oilers probably were. Although Larson was solid for them, but I mean, he's not. He wasn't the MVP like Taylor Hall was. You know, whether you think he was or he wasn't, he was an exceptional player. And uh, Weber, I mean, the the Habs are in the Stanley Cup final with Shea Weber, and I we kind of ripped them. Maybe we'll see how that contract goes down the line. But Nashville went to a Cup final with Subban as well. A bit, but Subban has kind of bounced around. He's the one who's fallen off here a bit. And maybe he lands up uh, on TV sooner than later. I know he was doing some TV with ESPN. But here, Hus, I have the twenty six. It was twenty sixteen July one contracts. We got to look back on these. Oh yeah, is, okay. Hit 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 us okay. with these because this is uh, uh, this is the uh, the GM horror story of all yeah. time. Signing one of these deals on your watch. Okay, Milan Lucic, seven years, forty two mil. That's six million cap hit. <laughs> Akposo with Buffalo, uh, t- seven years, forty two mil. That's six million cap hit. Like Andrew Ladd, who's thirty, seven year deal, thirty eight and a half million, five point five cap hit. And Louis Erickson, uh, six year deal, thirty six million, six cap hit. Franz Nielsen with Detroit, uh, six year deal. I mean, he was thirty two and he got a six year deal. <laughs> at uh, 31.5, 5.25 cap. It. David Backus was also 32. A uh, five-year deal, 30 million and a 6 million AAV. So I don't think you give guys who are over 30, like over five-year deals. That's probably be the lesson learned. Lucic and Ocposo were got seven-year deals at 28, but like... Every one of those guys, yeah. the team would have bought them out if they could after two years. I mean, yes. there, like, there, is there any guy? I mean, Bacchus maybe had a good first couple seasons, but of those of those contracts by 2018, every one of those players you just mentioned, outside of maybe Franz Nielsen, although he was still making a lot of money, an absolute anchor to the club on the ice and on their cap. Yeah, Detroit's kind of rebuilding, so like the Franz Nielsen one. I mean, he's like decent. It's not. It's not the worst. Like, may, probably would help them if they didn't have that money, but. Yeah, the lad. I mean, they're in the cup final and lad, but he's just, it hasn't gone well for him. You know, he hasn't been able to stay healthy at all. And when he has, I mean, I don't think he was very productive. Oposo, yeah, again, didn't work out in Buffalo. Lucic got traded. He's actually been like decent in Calgary, but he's not, I mean, he's not a $6 million player, but he's so, no. yeah. And Louis Erickson, they would love to uh, get rid of him in Vancouver. That's just one of the many contracts in Vancouver. Um, you know, that kind of kept them from re-signing to Foley and, you know, keeping Markstrom. Uh, and so they just had a major fall off uh, from last year. Oh, some funny comments. Andy, Steven, I still remember listening to the warm up when the one for one deal happened. Then Subban, Manny Fran, totally remember you guys on the air when those happened. And uh, and John H, an interesting one, as we talk about all these horrible Day one free agent signings. Mm-hmm. Jet fans, remember this on free agent day. Yeah, this and, is the best. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, it, it is important. I mean, everyone wants, you know, the top guys and they want the immediate return of adding a player without giving anything up to your roster to do it. But as we've seen, it can be very, very problematic long term. That being said, I think if someone said that Dougie Hamilton was on his way to Winnipeg, most people would say, hell yeah, whatever the cost is, go do it. Um, but I wouldn't hold my breath for that. I don't think high-end free agents is ever really going to be 
part of the MO and the operating plan for the Winnipeg Jets, even if they want to, as we know, it's kind of sometimes sort of tough here to get guys in. And with the salary cap structure, the Winnipeg Jets, you know, there isn't really, I mean, you could do it, but I think they like kind of the way that the structure is right now. Most of their salaries somewhat spread out. Blake Wheeler being the top dog at eight and a half. Yeah, I think they've kind of structured that so there is some sort of, sort of hierarchy. And even Frank mentioned that last week when he was just like, you know, they're not going to be able to get any free agents. People don't want to sign here. Although I thought Perot was one who was turned out to be a very good signing. But there have been a number of, you know, men signings that, um, you know, haven't. I mean, they've been fine, I guess, uh, but they haven't had a a big fish region other than Matthew Perot. Yeah, well, I mean, Perot came, what, on a three-year deal and then signed that four-year extension yeah. and stuck around. And the Jets have done a great job with keeping a lot of their players. And, I mean, when it comes to deals and free agent, I mean, the most interesting one when it comes to the Jets to me is Andrew Kopp. How this works, what the negotiations are like between the club and the player considering went to arbitration. Do they get him done? What's the money? What's the term? What does that mean for the Jets going into the expansion draft? Cop probably the key player with questions as, about, uh, as opposed to his future going forward with a, uh, potentially getting an extension from the Winnipeg Jets. All right. We, uh, we've got some business to take care of. Let's get to the cool bet lines. We've got some picks to make. And then before the end of the program, we'll have another epic marble race for our prize of the contest with Breezy Bend and Little Brown Jug. Let's get to the cool bet lines tonight. Game two, Stanley Cup final it is the Montreal Canadiens plus 179 underdogs. Tampa Bay minus 204. Over under on the game is at four and a half. I think mean, people really expecting a very low scoring game under plus 122 over is uh, minus 143. If you'd like to get it up to five and a half, the over is plus 128 and the under five and a half is minus 145. Uh, regulation numbers, Tampa to win in regulation is minus 120. Habs three to one, three plus 302. And uh, if you think this game's going to go to OT, plus 325 is the number for game two of the Stanley Cup Finals. Meanwhile, tonight, the LA Clippers back at home looking to extend their series with the Suns to a game seven and a winner-take-all matchup to get to the NBA Finals. Suns one-point favorites on the road against the Clippers. And tomorrow's game five and a 2-2 series between the Hawks and Bucks. Still wondering what's up with Giannis and his status for tomorrow. Trey Young hurt yesterday. Two-point favorites for the Bucks against the Hawks. And the Euro 22 matchups are set. Two games on Friday. Switzerland and Spain. Spain the heavy favorite. Belgium and Italy. Italy a favorite, but a little bit more respect to the Belgians in that game. Italy plus 146. Draw 211. Belgium plus 243. The Czech Republic and Denmark going at it in the early game on Saturday. Denmark the favorite, plus 113. What a story that would be with them getting to the Final Four after the way their tournament started with the loss to Finland and an on-field heart attack of their star player. Uh, and then, of course, Ukraine and England. And England is a massive favorite, minus 222 to win in regulation. And the Ukraines, you want a good underdog, folks? Ukraine, just about 8-1, to one, plus 7.92, and a draw, plus 3.21. Of course, all those games on TSN should be a great day on a Friday. Of course, we'll be live, so we'll get in right in before that Belgium-Italy game. Might have to get Nick Ziffon to join us to give his thoughts on what should be a great, great matchup heading into the weekend. 
and of course, much more. All those lines, as well as Wimbledon odds uh, numbers. Denis Shapovalov moving on to the third round. He had a walkover. Novaska Pospisil on the court now as we do the program. Uh, you can check out the men's and women's numbers for Wimbledon, as well as CFL Futures. It's all there at CoolBet.com. And if you haven't played a CoolBet before, use the promo code WST. You'll get a 100% bonus, doubling your first deposit up to $200. All right, Remo, let's get ready for this night of live racing at the track before we do our own race here for Winnipeg Sports Talk with the Marble Race. Um, I got goosed yesterday. A couple close calls. I was out last night. I went back, and you know what the thing? It's so great. I knew what my picks were. Instead of checking, I just fired up the YouTube channel for Sinhoi Downs and watched all the races after the fact. Unfortunately, they didn't turn out very well for me. Uh, and it overall was not a very good day for WST because you got goosed as well, I believe. Not feeling good, Hess. I was off to a hot start. I was feeling confident, and now uh, I'm on a bit of a losing skid. So, um I need some wins tonight. I need I need wins. So uh, you know who we should be asking is Mitch because yes. the Godfather. I could not help but notice his Twitter account. Uh, he kept on popping up. Oh, I just won twenty one sixty on race two. I just won twenty five bucks on race four. So uh, Mitch, we're always we're always welcome uh, to take some tips from you. In fact, Remus doesn't need them. DM them to me. I would prefer to get, them, to get them that way. Uh, Remo, tips. you can start today. Do you have your, uh, do you have your selections ready? I got mine already. Um, I'm going, I'm going. So I've been kind of spreading it out. It hasn't worked. And I've been going with some Quinellas, finished one or two. I'm going with some exact as, and I can, sometimes I can hit half of those, but I, I'm getting screwed in the other half. So I'm going big here tonight. Two bets. Race four. I really like this horse's name. You might like it too. Uh, it's Andrew, but if he was more manly, it's Mandrew. I'm betting him to win $10 on Mandrew. So he's, he's a program selection. I don't know. I'm really into Mandrew, so I think, I think that's a good name. We did get on Backstreet's back yesterday, and that did not work out for either of us. But uh, I'm going with Mandrew, and in race five... I like, uh, I like number three, Sue's Easter Girl to place. Those are my two bets, $10 on each. Interesting. All right, I'm going to go, I'm doing a $4 Quinella in the first five races. I've had the most success with popping a few Quinellas, so that's where I'm going to go as we try to get it back on. For race number one, I'm going to go with Reunite and Amy on Tour, two and four. $4 Quinella. I'm actually making the same bet in race number two. Union Smarty number two, Bella Galena number four. So we've got a 2-4 Quinella there. Two is a top one. Four is a little bit more of a long shot. So we'll see if we can uh, make something happen with that. Race number three, we are going with a 3-5. I believe those are the two chalky horses, Miss Imperial and Persistent. We move on to race number four. We're going to go with four or five. Of course, I'm on Mandrew. Uh, there was yeah. no way that wasn't getting Were you on Mandrew before I said? Or yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, saw yeah, Mandrew yeah, and you written, no, Yeah, for sure. You, I was you going saw to. Mandrew and you knew. <laughs> I knew. It was, it was time <laughs> for me to jump on. I might, be, I might go by Mandrew. If I can win a couple bets, maybe I'll add an M to my name. Right now, 
Um, I've been uh, Landrew, taking lots of L's yeah. so far. Um, <laughs> so Mandrew, uh, number four, and Triple Live with Kayla Pizarro. Hopefully she'll be back on the horse tonight. So a 4-5 Cornell in race four. And the final one is race number five. You mentioned um, number three, Sue's Easter Girl, I believe. We're going yes. with Sue's Easter Girl and Wits Tenny Ten, a three-six Quinella. So I'm going to put four bucks on all those five bets. There's my twenty. Hopefully, we'll get some nice results tonight to take us into the weekend. And as again, if you haven't already, HPIBet.com. You can play the races each and every night. You can watch the races as well. And certainly. Uh, if you're already watching us on YouTube, kick on over to Assiniboia Downs. The guys do a great job. ASD Live, 645 before every night of live racing. They'll run it all down for you, give you some tips and insights from Kirk, Stretch, and Marshall. And then before every race, a little bit of an update going into as the uh, horses get ready for it. So uh, we need we need a slump buster tonight, Reem. We need mm. a slump buster. Yes, uh, I think who was it? Jason Giambi wore the golden thong when he needed a slump buster. I don't think I'm, <laughs> I'm not there yet, but I'm still ahead of you. I, I hope that I hope that my uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie is going to turn it around. This is going to be my lucky my lucky shirt, Ooh. and I'm going to come back and it'll be I'll have to wear it on all the live racing nights uh, to give myself the good karma. Uh, good. Again, Winnipeg uh, Sports Talk store is open now. We've got the hoodies, t-shirts. A bunch of stuff. So uh, check that out if uh, if you've been one of the people that's been on us to uh, get it going. It's all there for you. Shipping all anywhere in Canada included as well. All right, Reem. For everyone that might not know, let's uh, recap what we've got going on with Little Brown Jug and Breezy Bend. Uh, our two great sponsors have teamed up to put together a awesome package which includes a round for you and three friends at Breezy Bend, including carts, a little brown jug merch patch, uh, merch package for the winner, including a golf visor, a polo, uh, and they'll also get four tulip glasses and four koozies for your entire group. Uh, we'll have a couple 1919s for you at the course and on pint and the patio afterwards. And you'll get a chance to go and see the beautiful Breezy Bend, which is in just amazing, amazing shape. Now, Remo, we put a uh, post up on our Instagram page. If you're not following us already, hit us on all the social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Sports Talk WPG. Um, we put that out. We had people tag what they love about golf and tag a friend that they would like to maybe take out to Breezy Bend. And we had a great, great turnover over the last couple of days as we get ready to uh, select a winner. Yes, there were uh, a lot. I'm just pu- I'm just putting in the stuff right now. I'll put I'll put us in there, too. Yeah, yeah. Put us in there, too. Again, if we win, uh, we'll give it to the second place finisher. But, uh, it's all, you got to have a marble in the race. I mean, if you don't, it's, yeah. not, it's not as we, fun. I'll put in the little brown jug and the Breezy Bend also. Sounds getting, good. Sounds good. Getting in. But um, we got a lot of entries, a lot of people having some fun, actually. And I was really happy to see people uh, writing some thoughtful comments in there. So I'm just getting everything. Um, I'm just getting it loaded up here as we go. So, yeah, you got it. I'm just looking at uh, Dan Mitchell. These are just some of the 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 um, uh, the, the feedback that we've got. Um, Rossmeer golf is the same uh, escape for pals with last some friendly competition and many pops a definite inclusion on my force and would be hustler Emma. I appreciate that Rossmeer I'm down uh, Dan Mitchell after 10 months of teaching physical education outside 
There's nothing I love more than celebrating the start of summer by swinging the sticks, most likely badly, and enjoying some 1919s. That's a, that's a heck of a one uh, there, Ren. Rick Romanuk, just getting out and enjoying the fresh air and trying to string together all parts of my game at the same time. It never happens, but that's what I strive for. Banana phone can, the fresh air and beer. Uh, the real Kubajet getting to watch the sweet swing of his pal Sporty Santos and then watch my tee shot slice two fairways over. Hashtag four. Uh, Matty Stash hitting bombs. He tagged Timmy Debin. Tim Debin, our old uh, our old op back at the uh, at the old spot on Pembina. Timmy D, what a great guy he is. Um, Larry Eloy. I know Larry's here. Larry says time to be able to get out with the boys again and have some birdie juice. Uh, what's not to love about a day on the course? Golfer Ken, I love golf because I get to share my passion with my two kids. Hashtag family time golf. Um, certainly there's been so many great responses to this. And you realize some people just go out for a good time. Some people really serious about the game. Some people find that it is the perfect opportunity to connect with close friends and family. And of course, that's been a really difficult thing to do over the course of the duration of the pandemic. And golf, even though we had to put the brakes on it for a little bit here, has sort of been one of the few mainstays that we can uh, go and do and enjoy during this time. And as always, and we've heard a lot of it, golf always goes a little bit better with uh, maybe one or two of those great little brown jug 1919s. Or, in fact, the summer lager. Definitely a great golf course beer. Uh, Remo, how are we uh, How are we looking? How are we, uh, are we ready to drop it and get going? The uh, to the checkered flag for our marbles race to see who wins the first Instagram contest with Little Brown Jug and Breezy. Yes, I've got uh, a bunch of the names ready to go. Uh, my computer may be slowing down here, but uh, it's loaded up. I got to pick a course. There's like 117 entries, so I can pick one Beautiful. that's like uh, I don't know. Here, let me uh, let me bring pick it up a good here. one. Pick an extravagant one if we need. I'm going to read a few of these uh, comments in the chat as we do it. Andy Steven, I need some of that Remus luck. Here we go. Remo winning again. <laughs> no, again, no, he's not going to okay. win anything. It'll be second place. I don't know whether that can happen. Um, Leslie Mitchick, should be fun to watch the marble race. No marble for me, not a golfer. The, oh, Tristan Rivers music, the man. Sorry, I didn't enter. Last time I golfed, I hit a drive negative yards. I did that out of respect for the game. <laughs> <laughs> Braden Fleming, let's go. 0-1 lifetime marble racer. I'll put that record on the line. You're saying that there's a chance. Uh, oh, and yes, of course, Brown Eye Girl MGD entered and said she would give the golf away. If I end you up with the golf, you have to go a whole show without chirping me. LOL. <laughs> oh, man. Some great, great comments in here today. Uh, and it looks like we've got it. We've got a course set up. Remo, we've got, what, 117 people, including you, me, Little Brown, Doug, and Breeze Bend. All four of those, if they come first place, will give away the prize to the second place winner. And, uh, oh, they're just seeing how many races you've conducted. That's an interesting one. Now, how, how many races have we conducted, Remus? Not 100,000 or 50,000. No, I don't think it's like anything crazy, but we've done a couple. So here it is. Um, All right. This you can is start it. it off. I guess For they go down this ever. thing. Yeah, this one's called Cosmic Chaos. Well, Cosmic Chaos leading to potentially some uh, chaos with your tee shots at Breezy Bend. Again, thanks to everyone that entered the contest. We are playing for a round of golf at beautiful Breezy Bend for four people with carts. 
a little brown jug prize package for the winner, a few 1919s at the course. And uh, trust me, you'll get some great hospitality from our friends at BG and our good friend, Corey Johnson. All right, Remo, without further ado, I think it's time to throw down with another marble race on Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, they're in and all the names are up. I don't know what's going on. This one's called Cosmic Chaos. So I'm expecting a lot of madness. They're going into this little uh, little thing here. We can follow the person in first. Yeah, it's oh. the, uh, you can look at the top. Uh, the top right will give you the leaders. And again, it's will take a little while. We have so many people in this marble race. <laughs> we'll see if we can kind of get a few leaders to spread out. Oh, this is a wild course. Now we know why it's called Cosmic Chaos, Reem. Yeah, look at the loop diddy loops here. This is wild. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, good so, luck. Looks like Mark Jones has um, is popping out into the lead. Mark Jones has a bit of a lead early on. A huge, huge pack right now together. And again, don't count your chickens before they hatch, folks, because we've certainly seen some very tough ends to the marble race with... Um, some danger looming right near the bottom. So now we're going into some sort of a spaceship. I'm uh, again, not oh, out of the spaceship into another funnel. Mark Jones still up there near the top of the, oh, we got Matty Sesh just, in there as well. A lot of people going over the, top uh, rope. over the top rope. There's a lot of eliminations. Bottom right. Schnitzel, Ignite, John, uh, Chellet. Oh, there's, there was a lot there. It's hard to keep track. But we've still got a ton. Uh, the bearded Hungarian is in the mix. Uh, Roger Storachuk in there, in and around the uh, the front of the pack. Um, so it's coming down the stretch again. We're not really too sure where and when this is going oh. to end or this course. Oh. Bearded, bearded Hungarian Ryan's in there. The bearded Hungarian goes over the top rope. Oh, I think another all alone. It looks like Kunik Ryan all alone. Is that we well. have a winner? We have a winner, Kiernick Ryan. Kiernick Ryan. Oh, B Nick, DQ Nick was second. So close. Yeah. <laughs> J-Bot, although I think DQ Nick was out playing Breezy yesterday with the YE, so it's probably good that uh, it was someone else that, that won. Rest of the top 10, Allison on the table, Sebastian Ball, Eric Bayer, Chellet, Kyle Gibson, MJ1919. That would have been funny if a 1919 person won. And Stuby Snacks as well. Everyone else coming in. So uh, congratulations to Kiernick Ryan. Probably Ryan Kiernick. Uh, but that is his Instagram handle. We'll hit you up with a message and get you set up to uh, get out to Breezy at some point in the month yeah. of July. And the great thing about this Reem is it was so much fun. We had such good feedback. We will be doing it again. Uh, we kind of did this leading into Canada Day and the July long weekend. We'll do another one at the end of the month. Probably in a similar fashion. We'll figure out some way to make sure we ended up with a marble race because people seem to really like these. So way to go. Kiernick Ryan, our first ever winner of the uh, Little Brown Jug Breezy Prize Package. So uh, hopefully you have a great time out at Breezy. Uh, they'll take good care of you. Big thanks to Corey at Breezy Bend, Dustin and the gang at Little Brown Jug for putting all this together. Remo, and uh, that's a great way for Ryan to kick off his long weekend, uh, getting the dub and uh, getting ready to set up a, uh, a round of golf out of Breezy with his crew. Yeah, he commented, I love golf. Now that my 10-year-old and I can go play rounds together, it, I will definitely bring my son, Jack. So there you go. Oh, He's that's like, fantastic. Well, Ryan and Jack will be getting out there and uh, 
maybe bring a couple other family members or another pal and their son. But uh, great to see Ryan. That's an awesome comment. And, uh, you know, really, as I read a bunch of them out, I could have spent another half hour doing them because we had so many entries and so many really great comments about getting out. And uh, obviously, we got a great winner, but we thank everyone for getting into it. And, uh, you know, if you're not even getting out to Breezy, get out on the course. And uh, as I said, a 1919 are one of these awesome awesome summer loggers from little brown jug have a bison too i would go personally with the summer logger and the 1919 those are my favorites i love the summer logger hearing a lot of great comments on that remo where uh we're hearing oh hustler there i am what did i finish i don't know i gotta check uh, i just saw it what i think oh i oh, got dq'd I, I guess i was 132 i don't know somehow there was two of me in there but uh i didn't do that and finished back to back somehow yeah Somehow, that's a glitch. That's a, that's definitely a glitch. But uh, where is Hustler? Uh, I think I went over the top rope. You went over. There were a lot of eliminations yeah, in this yeah, one. I think I did. I think uh, I saw my name there in the uh, in the list of people that got bounced. These are all people who got bounced. I see Jetsner, Dan Milburn, Hustler. There you are, DNF. So, yeah, yeah. Me and the Earl of Eli bounced. Uh, yeah. The Earl's happy though because Kaprizov won the call there. I think he. Uh, Hit a number of those Kaprizov young gun rookies in series two of upper deck. He is our go-to guy for all hockey card information. We'll probably do something on cards at some point in the summer as well. During some slower times, I'm always into talking about that, that sort of thing. I'll tell you what, this has been a great, great day. Uh, I'm fired up for this game tonight. CBC has the Canada China game. If you're into the Olympic basketball qualifying, of course, we've got a lot of baseball to get to this evening. Game two of the Stanley Cup final tonight. Some NBA playoff action. Um, we're, of course, going to take tomorrow off. But we'll be back on Friday, Reem, and we'll be getting ready for game three of the Stanley Cup final. We'll find out where and when Canada is playing as they attempt to qualify for Olympic basketball. And uh, much more on Valor FC as they get ready to host fans on the 7th of July. So a lot going on after a day off. Uh, do you have any big Canada Day plans, uh, Remo? Have you discussed uh, this? Uh, back to the zoo or, uh, or or what? I think I'm, I'm going to Winnipeg Beach uh, tomorrow. I'll take my son there. Ooh, nice. Uh, nice beach day. It's a hot one. So uh, we'll be enjoying the outdoors there, walking around. Uh, I think they got some good playgrounds we can hit up. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. So uh, we're going to Winnipeg Beach for the day. Uh, Brown Eye Girl MGD, that's the way you do it. Booked the day off on Friday. Yeah, I mean, listen, day off Thursday, Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. It's a great usage of a day off if you have it. Uh, But we'll be here. So uh, join us. We'll be hanging out. All the big stories coming out of Canada today, heading into the weekend, cup final, and much more. And Reem, it is amazing. I was kind of going over the the, the calendar Uh, a couple weeks from now. uh, Well, literally, I guess, I think three weeks today, in fact, expansion draft Mm -hmm. two days after that entry draft and Mm -hmm. then seven days from the seattle kraken draft will be free agency and um, man there's going to be a lot of stories to follow specifically in and around the winnipeg jets operation but also the national hockey league Um, this entire offseason is going to be really compacted you got a new team coming into this league it could be one of the most interesting offseasons we've had in a long long time especially considering the flat cap and the cap challenges of a number of teams in particular a team that's looking to go up two nothing tonight in the stanley cup final yes the uh, hockey offseason uh oh sorry i my mute button wants to know if someone stole my trophy it's uh right here (laughs) 
How's no, no, Remus's not... knees? By the way, best new addition to the YouTube chat: yeah. Remus's knees, <laughs> who were yeah, my... who were hurting earlier after they saw the way you kneel on the floor during the program. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's Todd. He says Lobster Boy and Lactabani tomorrow, and then off to Lake of the Woods. Cheers! Have a great show. Thanks, Todd. That's pretty awesome. Todd, I'm available for an invite sometime. By the way, for those uh, for your Lobster Fest out at uh, out at LDB, that would be. They a have good lobster. Time. Todd's a great dude. And... You can catch lobster in Lactabani. I didn't know that. No, I don't believe it's native. <laughs> I don't believe it's native to the area. But uh, they got traps out there. Fun to do it. <laughs> lobster traps. Yeah, you never hit it into the water at three on Grand Pines. Yeah, you see the lobsters all over the place. Uh, but uh, Todd's one of my pals. Uh, known to tip a few with him out at a uh, couple of the local watering holes, including one that still isn't open because the VLTs aren't on. But that's another that's another story for another time. Um, folks, have yourself a great night. Have a feeling people will be maybe going out, hitting a BP or hitting one of their local lounges to watch the game tonight. You can sleep in tomorrow. We will be off. Have a very happy Canada Day. And when we come back on third on Friday, we'll get you ready for the weekend for game three of the cup finals and much, much more here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Again, thanks to Breezy Bend and Little Brown Jug for our first of two golf giveaways with our great sponsors, as well as policyme.com, Royal Sports, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Not Auto Corp, Boston Pizza, Aikens Lake, Assiniboia Downs, and CoolBet.com. Folks, thanks for uh, hanging with us today. Have a great night. We'll see you on Friday after a fun Canada Day here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Late. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 